Hello, ako si Des Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan hihimay natin ang mga may init at mahalagang isyu sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's News Break, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang malawakang disinformation ngayong eleksyon. Naging malaking parte na ang disinformation o ang pagkalat ng fake news o mga maling mga balita sa eleksyon. Nakita natin itong sumiklab noong 2016 at patuloy pa rin itong lumalakas ngayong ilang araw na lamang ang nalalabi bago ang halalan sa May 9. Gaano kaiba ang disinformation landscape ng 2022 election kung ikukumpira noong 2016? Ano-anong dahilan na nagpapatunay na ang anak ng diktator na si Ferdinand Marcos Jr. o tinatawag na Bongbong ang nakikinabang sa disinformation ngayon? Tatalakayin natin ito kasama ang dalawang rappers sa tutok sa pagtuligsa sa disinformation sa social media. Una ay si Pauline Makaraeg, ang digital forensics researcher na Raffler. Hi, Pauline. Hi, Jodes. Thank you. Kasama rin natin si Laura Bentoquero, ang researcher writer who leads the fact-checking efforts ng Raffler. Hi, Ri. Hello, Jodes. Thank you, Ri and Pauline, for joining me today. Inaabangan ko yung discussion natin ito dahil for sure na maraming mga may init na informasyon na dapat malaman ng publiko tungkol dito. So, for my uh, first question, no, Pauline, naglabas... Uh, kayo ng ilang stories focused on trends sa social media during elections. Ano yung findings nyo at ano yung mga trends na nakikita ninyo? Okay. So, short answer, pwede nating sabihin na yung disinformation tsaka mga pag-atake sa critics as the elections neared, nag-ramp up talaga sila. So, nabanggit mo kanina, I'm part of the forensics team. Uh, basically, yung team na to, ang ginagawa namin, we take a more in-depth look at what we already know about online disinformation. So, mas nilalaliman namin yung tingin sa mga um, fact-checks, reports, observations, etc. Um, bukod doon, we also look at platforms, social media platforms. Uh, we're a fairly new team, but so far may pinoblish kami na story on Twitter, how newly created accounts spam the platform to support a specific candidate and how Twitter took down many of them. Sa Facebook naman, meron din kaming story about um, the attacks against journalists and how it increased sharply in October 2021. So as you can remember, ito yung time na nag-file na ng COC yung mga kandidato natin ngayon. And we saw dun sa mga attacks na yun, marami had the same goal, which was to discredit the independent press or to cast doubt on their credibility. Because that's one of the things that uh, you would do if you want to threaten democracy. Yun lang muna siguro, yun yung yeah. stories off the top of my head. Uh, pero marami pa, maybe just uh, look for them sa Rappler's site. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, yung stories na to ay makikita ninyo sa Rappler's site. And we will also put this link sa comment section. So when I think about fact-checking sa Rappler, naaalala ko kayong dalawa agad. Kasi kayo yung, as the Gen Z kids call it, OG fact-checkers. <laughs> I think that's that just in Rappler, but also in the Philippines. Uh, ang malaki yung part niyo sa fact-checking efforts in the Philippines. Gaano ba ka-different yung disinformation landscape ngayon, 2022, kumpara noong 2016, 2019? Uh, both of you can answer, but sure, let's begin with three. Okay, so uh, for context, ang Rappler kasi naging... Uh, verified signatory siya ng IFCN noong 2017 lang at naging independent um, third-party fact-checking partner tayo ng Facebook noong 2018. So, um, in 2016, wala pa tayong 
way to rate individual claims on Facebook, for example. Pero noong 2016, um, based on sa mga pag-aaral ng, ng media and, and um, research organizations, nakikita natin na may techniques na like click farms and the use of fake accounts and inauthentic behavior to spread lies and propaganda online. So, um, yung techniques na to nakikita pa rin natin na ginagamit in 2022 in the context of elections also. Pero yung bago rin ngayon is... Um, Uh, nage-evolve ang disinformation campaigns, lalo na may bagong um, platform like TikTok. And then, mas, um, for me, mas intense rin in a way yung narratives or parang mas harmful in a way yung narratives, especially um, red tagging, for example. So, a lot of the more recent claims that we've been fact-checking link certain, um, certain candidates or certain um, parties to the Uh, CPP, NPA, and DF, for example. And um, mas dangerous ngayong 2022 in the context of the Anti-Terror Act then. So yeah. perhaps Pauline would like to yeah. add. Parang ano, no, based on what you said about red tagging, parang yung real life or on-the-ground ways to harass people, nag-mix siya perfectly with fa- fake news, uh, the wide disinformation na nagkaroon ng mas uh, real threats online. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you still see- also seeing this trend sa mga studies nyo or analysis nyo, Pauline? And yun din, ano yung answer mo dun sa tanong ko na how different itong 2022 scenario sa past years and did it get worse? Yeah, um, I agree sa sinabi ni Ri. Um, but I guess, ang idadagdag ko na lang, one positive thing na nakikita ko right now, although there are still Marami pa rin disinformation still, mm-hmm. pero um, marami na rin nagde-debunk right now. Um, yeah. Nakita ko to doon sa isa kong story na sinulat. We published it earlier this month. Um, what we did was uh, we looked at the Marcos Gold myth. Uh, basically, tinrace namin kung um, paano ba siya nag-start, uh, saan ang galing, tapos paano siya lumaki ng ganun. So, um, ito yung mga posts about Marcos Gold, Italiano Gold in particular, yun yung pinaka-popular. And then we saw doon sa data na nakita namin, um, by the way, this was based on public posts, uh, Facebook, yeah. so from accounts, pages, uh, and groups. And we saw na uh, nandun na yung myth sa Facebook as early as 2011. And then, um, tinacheck siya na Rappler in 2019. But even then, nag-continue pa rin siya na mag-proliferate sa platform even after we published our fact check. Um, back then kasi, tayo lang yung nag-fact-check noon. But we saw, pagdating ng 2021, last year, um, last quarter of 2021, uh, mas marami na yung mga nag-post about it na may kasamang hindi totoo, fake, or false dun sa post nila. So that in, that indicates na um, dinidebunk nila yung mga ganong plusing posts. And um, so ayun, I think one factor maybe siguro hindi tayo prepared in 2016 because everything was fairly new to us, right? Um, sabi nga ni Rhi, wala pang fact-checkers in the Philippines. But now, pwede nating sabihin siguro na medyo natuto na tayo. And um, with the Facts First PH initiative then we can say na there are more informed people willing to fight this enemy that we call disinformation as compared to 2016. Yeah, on your on your point na you said na maraming nagde-debunk na na Primar- parang not necessarily part of fact-checking teams like Q3 yeah. and other members of the Fact First Initiative. Bakit tingin mo na marami nas nahihikayat ngayon na mga ordinary citizens online na nagsarili na lang dedebank na rin ang ganitong mga claims? And I've seen yung mga nag-send sa fact-check team natin ng mga 
post. Parang in the past uh, months alone, ang dami-dami nilang active sila talaga. Uh, do you think what changed? Well, I think show power din. Kasi marami na sila nakikita ang nagda-debunk nun eh. So, um, mas natututo na rin sila and mas uh, mas kaya na nila i-debunk yung mga ganong klaseng posts. Kasi um, nasa kanila na yung facts uh, in their arsenal, right? So, ayun. So, tingin ko nakatulong na uh, mas marami yung... Uh, mas marami yung nagjo-join na sa conversation dati kasi hindi pinapansin yung mga ganitong classic claims eh. kasi sobrang absurd um, but right now ano na siya eh, point of uh, public concern kasi maraming naniniwala and um, it can affect uh, the outcome of the election when i talk to a historian about this story he actually said na hindi nila talaga pinapansin itong claim na to kasi nga Sober ridiculous and hindi siya worthy ng professional attention. So, ganun yung klaseng ng mindset before. But, ayun nga, dahil sa nangyari sa social media, dahil na-exacerbate ng mga um, supporter pages and groups on Facebook, nakita nila na kung hindi mo papansinin, mas lalo siyang lalaki at lalaki. Yeah. I think na-realize din yun ng mga tao. Yes. So, ayun. So, that's a firm bright side of the fact-checking efforts in recent years. Pero hindi natin maikakailan na napaharami pa rin mga challenges na hinaharap ng fact-checking teams. Di, ano yung mga challenges na to? Kasi parang guacamole, yung parang ba, pa, silain mo isa, bilang may usmong ulit, or lalitaw ulit. Yung ginagalawan ngayon eh. Kasi uh, sabi nga ni Pauline kanina, yung sa Taliano Gold mismo, na ilang beses na siya nadidimbang, pero umuusbong pa rin siya sa TikTok, sa Facebook, uh, sa social media. How do you handle yung mga ganito na paulit-ulit na disinformation of fake news, Ari? Okay, so tama nga si uh, yung description na wakamol talagang <laughs> accurate yun kasi um, kahit yung Taliano gold mess, kahit ang dami na nagde-debunk and ilang years nang nagde-debunk, um, nakikita ko pa rin siya regularly on different platforms like Facebook, uh, YouTube, and um, and other platforms. And I think this is long narrative, long running narratives like these, lalo na yung mga um, historical distortion, claims about martial law, for example, um, and, and most especially, um, buhat din ito ng, ayun, yung mga lumalabas ngayon na Facebook pages and YouTube channels and TikTok accounts na talagang um, ito yung content na pinuproduce nila. And people look towards um, or parang search for it Uh, the, these types of content kasi may declining trust na sa media na ang tagal na rin ng problema. So, people show resistance din to fact-checks kahit marami na tayong nagka-fact-check ngayon because they think that we're censoring the truth. So, parang um, ang challenges ngayon is um, fact-checkers are constantly attacked and so the lies get repeated over and over kahit um, yun nga, matagal na na-debunk or marami nang na-debunk. And How do we handle this? Well, we keep at it. Parang we we remain vigilant and we uh, keep looking at instances that these claims pop up. And we fact-check them still and we rate them still. So as Facebook uh, fact-checking partners, for example, every time na magpa-pop up to, nirate namin or nirlabel namin as false. And apart from that, we try to surface the facts in using different treatments din. So, pag nag-evolve ang disinformation campaigns, kailangan mag-evolve din yung way of fact-checking namin. So, this is also where the Facts First PH Coalition comes in because yes. 
they produce content in different formats like comics kung nakikita yeah. ninyo uh, TikTok videos and other wonderful um ways of um of spreading the facts in a way na makakapag um makaka um makikipagsabayan sa disinformation that proliferates on these platforms as you mentioned na nga yung TikTok no if vlog ko lang yung Marcos Invento Vistado series na <laughs> rapper yes this are uh, bite size i think not more than five minutes, even less than three minutes, uh, TikTok videos where we debunk the myths and lies surrounding the Marcos family, especially now that the dictator's son is running. Alam natin na from the Taliano gold to the uh, the windmills in Ilocos, in Ilocos Norte to the uh, lies na sinasabi na walang nangyaring masama ng Marshall. Lahat yung try namin explain in TikTok videos. So, uh, makita nyo sa TikTok, sa Facebook page, at sa YouTube, at sa uh, page with Suna Rappler. So, abangan nyo lang yung link sa comment section. So, ano, no? From, coming from that, yes. Siyempre, <laughs> kailangan tayo. Kailangan natin. Uh, sabi nga ni Yuri kanina, kailangan mag-think of, uh, of uh, uh, new ways to, parang to promote the fact-checking initiatives. So, uh, coming from that note, let's still down to this individual, this family. Pauline, may findings na si Marcos ang nakinabang sa malawahan disinformation ngayong election. Uh, can you tell us ano yung mga factors backing this conclusion, this findings? Ano yung parang mga sure tell signs na nagkasabi na oo nga naman, parang hindi sila talaga biktima ng fake news. Sila yung nabibiktima gamit ang fake news. Yes. I think it was a study from check.ph, di ba? Yung collaborative fact-checking project for the elections. Itong study na to, um, nilabas siya ng professors from UP of College College of Mass Communications. So based on their findings, yung election-related re- disinfo, um, favorites, favorite targets yung top two contenders natin in the presidential race. So si um, former Senator Bongbong Marcos and si Vice President Lenny Robredo. And then they said that um, Robredo often received negative messaging while Marcos earned positive branding. So um, si Prof. Yvonne Chua, if I'm not mistaken, she said that Robredo's quotes have often been twisted or fabricated to make her look like, um, to make her look dumb. Uh, I'm sure you've seen many of these in your timelines in the past few years. Maraming ginagawa, maraming gumagawa ng quote cards um, featuring si uh, Vice President Lenny Robredo and then twisted naman yung quotes mm-hmm. na nandun. Marami rin kami na fact-check na ganun eh. And dito rin nanggagaling yung mga attack words on her, including yung madam, lutang, etc. In contrast, and we also see the, see the, see this in our fact checks, we observe na yung disinfo naman surrounding Marcos, it contributes to the positive branding nga, like yung posts exaggerating or even faking his achievements. So for example, yung educational background niya sa Oxford, um, yung mga supposed projects niya when he was a local government official in Ilocos, yung mga ganong klaseng um, posts, yun yung mga, yun yung mga um, kinds of disinformation about um, former Senator Marcos. So doon pala makikita mo na yung contrast talaga. Parang ano siya, connected siya sa reports uh, na ginawa ng Rappler uh, in the early years of the, uh, I think that was post-election uh, or before the 2016 election na pinakita na ginagamit ng Marcos family ang social media to rehabilitate themselves. And I remember uh, whistle, a whistleblower from Cambridge Analytica saying that the Marcos family, specifically Bongbong Marcos, approached them to consult how to rebrand their image. 
So, parang uh, from the studies, the findings, the conclusions of the many studies of what you do, guys, tapakita na parang ano no na talagang laki-laki ng burden on social media sa nangyayari ngayon. Uh, sabi nga nila, di ba, Petri Dish of Philippines sa uh, disinformation dahil sa Facebook tayo, pinaka, uh, maraming Facebook users sa, sa bundo. Pri, ano yung mga hakbang na ginagawa na social media tulad ng Facebook uh, meta, pati na rin sa YouTube? Kasi Facebook and YouTube parang aside from TikTok, yung pinakamalaking basis eh, ng uh, disinformation ngayon. Ano yung ginagawa nila mga hakbang para ma-counter ito and to make their platforms uh, less, at least, at least less, in, or not, not, even kahit hindi na no, not vulnerable, pero less vulnerable to disinformation. So a lot of it, no, um, minamonitor din namin yung um, policies ng platforms as um, the years go by. And last year, last year we also looked into um, policy gaps that can be abused in the 2022 election. So um, to summarize, uh, Facebook or Meta, Twitter, uh, YouTube and TikTok, a lot of the steps that they're taking to combat um, mis- and disinformation can be narrowed down to surfacing authoritative content and providing reliable information. So, kumbaga, um, tinatry nilang inaangat yung um, reports from the news, for example, tsaka mga information panels. So, um, apart from that, it also, yung pag-restrict nila ng misinformation, it's not, it's often not taking down this false information. So, nililimit nila yung pag-restrict ng misinformation na ito sa mga posts or content that can lead to voter suppression. So, um, for example, sa Facebook, contrary to popular belief, fact-checkers do, do not remove content. So, we're only allowed to rate or label false um, or misleading information. And then, ang, ang nagtitake down ng content ay ang Facebook. And this is when um, community standards are violated. Sa Twitter naman, meron ding um, labels for misleading tweets on election participation and the voting process. Tapos may partnerships din ang ilang um, social media platforms na ito with Comelec and news orgs or fact-checking organizations to surface nga um, reliable content. Pero sa tingin ko, um, well, well, Pauline might um, have more to say to this later, but Sa tingin ko, kulang na kulang pa rin talaga yung ganitong um, uh, response nila to mis- and disinformation. Kasi, for example, sa YouTube, yung uh, feature nila na candidate information panels, for example, and voter information panels. Um, so, this happens when you uh, when you search for a candidate's name on um, the search bar and then ang lalabas sa top ng search results ay information panel on that candidate. Yeah. Um, or it will lead you to the search results about that candidate. Pero nung sinerge ko, for example, kanina si Bongbong Marcos, ang mga lumabas ay mga news reports or news videos. Pero no, nung sinerge ko naman, Ferdinand Marcos, iba yung lumabas. So parang kung voter ako, tapos sinerge ko Ferdinand Marcos, hoping to find information about Bongbong Marcos, may kita ko yung... Um, yung results na nakita ko kanina, yung top result doon, may false information pa. So, ayun, we need to crack down more and hold um, platforms account- more accountable for the continuing rampant spread of mis- and disinformation on their platforms. Yes. Pauline, do you agree with Ri na sinabi yes. niya na kulang pa yung ano, saan na sila kukulang? From your, uh, from your point of view, saan sila nakukulang? 
Yeah. Well, I just, I would like to say, first and foremost, of course, we recognize these efforts, but I really yes. don't think that it's enough. Because if it is, then wala na sanang fast first speech initiative, <laughs> right? I think, ang mali sa approach ng platforms is that they're very reactive, kagaya nung um, in-explain ni Rikanina, may chance, malaki yung chance, and this happens more often than not, na nag-spread na yung false claim before pa ma-actionan. And yung, and yung policies din nila, kagaya din ng sinabi ni Rikanina, madali siyang ma-circumvent. Uh, kaya yung mga recidivist accounts natin, ito yung mga accounts na na-flag na before, na-flag na many times for posting misinformation, disinformation, but they continue to prosper and um, nakakapag-post, nakakapag-propagate pa rin sila ng same claims na na-flag na before. Second, I think very prone to manipulation yung social media platforms. As we've seen in the 2016 US elections, di ba? Ito nga yung binanggit ni Jades kanina yung sa Cambridge Analytica. It was reported that they misused about 50 million Facebook users' personal data. And then they used it for micro-targeting of ads. So, um, hindi malayo na um, pwede rin siyang mangyari sa atin. Lastly, um, as Francis Haugen said, yung um, former Facebook employee, right, na naging whistleblower, at least yung Facebook meta, it has prioritized profit over safety. So if this is the mindset that the platforms have, I think democracies, democracies will continue to suffer. So yun. Nakatakot yung last quote mo. No? <laughs> and, and as you said nga na uh, patuloy na pagkukulang pa rin ang ginagawa ng social media. So, gusto ko tingin tayo post-elections, Pauline and Rie, ano ang epekto ng gulo na to sa, hat na, sa social media dahatid ng disinformation? Pagkatapos sa election, siguro how do you see disinformation evolving post-elections? Basically, uh, ano yung mga nakikita niyong worst-case scenario? At siguro begin with Rie. Okay. Well, we don't need to. Well, for uh, sorry, in my opinion, um, we don't need to look past elections. Parang nangyayari na ngayon na um, may loss of transparency and accountability that will lead to impunity. Well, and dami nun rhyme. But then, so parang dahil may declining trust nga sa media and ang pinapaniwalaan ng mga tao ay yung mga um, influencers or vloggers na nagsasabi lang ng kahit ano na walang um, hindi, hindi verified na information. I'm, I'm afraid of what will happen when um, talagang tuluyan ng um, ito na yung magiging yun, ituturing na authority, or authority on um, what people are going to believe. So, ma- mas lalong magiging um, wide and divide between the um, opposing camps of the political spectrum. And this will lead to real-life harm. So, ang nakita kong worst-case scenario, something like what will hap- what happened in um, after the U.S. elections when um, Trump supporters stormed the Capitol. So, parang um, ganong events na talagang nagdulot ng real-life harm. And even now, um, you might have seen what happened to Robredo's daughters, for example, so, yung mga ganito na um, disinformation and misinformation and propaganda on social media can, re- can lead to real-life harm. Gusto ko mag-knock on wood dun sa part. Sana huwag naman tayo umabot sa levels ng capital siege kasi nakakatahat talaga yun. Diba? Yeah. Ikaw, Pauline, uh, ano yung worst-case scenario sa nakikita mo? How do you think disinformation will evolve after the elections? Okay. So, 
yung tama si Ri, I think we're seeing it now. Of course, you have historical denial, historical revisionism, right? Because that's what we're seeing now already. And it's effective. Yung facts that we have, which shouldn't even be a point of debate anymore because they're facts already, di ba? Um, question pa, and that's that's dangerous. So, ayun, um, isa pa, tama si Ri, na pwede siya mag-translate into real-world harm. Um, pwede ring sample niyan, yung pag-normalize sa pag-atake ng critics and independent journalists. Yung pag-spread kasi ng disinfo, as we've observed, madalas may kaakibat yan na atake. Hindi lang siya um, false claim. Minsan, madalas uh, may kasama rin siyang um, bullying, hate speech, etc. So worst case, yun nga, kagaya ng sinasabi ni Rika Nina, madidiscredit yung independent press natin. And then when that happens, mananaig yung state-backed pro- propagandists, di ba? So yun, if we ever arrive at that point, that worst case scenario where independent journals are silenced, what we will have left are just PR people from the government, di ba? Mm-hmm. And that would really make it easier for the state to do questionable things. And sino ba yung um, talo pag nangyari yun? Di ba yung tao din naman? So yun. Gusto kong maiyak sa sinabi mo, pero nasa camera tayo. Mamaya na na ako iiyak na mamayang pagtulog ko sa katahon. Sorry, so, yung thoughts ko lagi ko kasi siya nga eh. Lagi siya iniisip. <laughs> yung the life ko pa, digital forensics Ngayon ko lang siya nailalabas. <laughs> uh, ano nga po, uh, waiter, isa pa pong bote dito sa table. <laughs> so, knowing all these possible worst case scenarios na sinabi nyo nga na hindi natin kailangan mag-look for kasi may mga possible, nakita natin yung mga possible na mangyari tingin tayo sa US, tingin tayo sa what is happening now in the elections and parang sobrang sakit si damdami na maisip na things can get worse as you said nga kanina. Pauline, ano yung dapat gawin ng tech platforms to prevent this? I know baka madami ka naisip pero maybe just give us two or three uh, the number of uh, points kung anong <laughs> dapat nila. Hindi na ba alam mo na Hindi na ba pero baka may laundry, may laundry list ka. Pero gusto ko if baka, may, baka possible for future story yan, another episode. Since we have the stories, so binubok na kita ngayon. Pero tingin mo ano dapat siya prioritize nila? Actually, mahirap yung tanong eh. Ang naiisip ko lang dyan, una siguro, fix their algorithms. Kasi yun yung, well, essentially, parang yun yung nagiging gatekeepers ng information sa social media. And then, if you remember, last year, I think it was in December 2021, merong report yung Washington Post na um, they cited internal documents of Facebook. And then, pinakita doon kung paano pinrioritize ng Facebook yung mga posts na nag-garner ng um, anger reactions over posts na meron lang like or heart or haha. So basically, yung mga posts na maraming anger reactions, ito yung um, binabump nila sa newsfeed. Ito yung mas uh, nagbibigyan ng exposure sa newsfeed ng mga tao. So doon pa lang, makikita mo na, na yung algorithm na yun, um, it doesn't work for, uh, it doesn't work kasi it triggers yung emotions ng tao na galit agad, di ba? And then yung internal documents mismo, they said na yung data scientists daw ng Facebook itself, um, nakita nila na yung mga ganitong klaseng posts, uh, they were disproportion- disproportionately likely to include misinformation, toxicity, and low quality. So kung alam na nila na ganito yung nangyayari, I think dapat i-fix na nila to kasi um, nakaka-cause talaga siya ng harm sa public uh, conversations. 
another, and sige, pangalawa na lang to, <laughs> is to fix their policies, as we've been saying. Kasi maraming yung nakakapag-circumvent ng existing policies nila now. Um, I think what they need um, is a more comprehensive uh, long-term plan instead of band-aid solutions. And they can arrive on those maybe through consultations with its stakeholders, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the independent media, civil society groups, and the like. Ayun. Yeah. So that's from the POV of tech platforms, no? So, yeah. pero re, re, on the individual level, uh, bilang tutok ka sa day-to-day fact-checking, ano dapat ang gawin ng public or individual Filipinos para hindi sila ma-fall sa trap ng disinformation sa everyday lives nila, especially ngayong election? Alam natin na, uh, in essence, masama ang ma-fall, pero ito ata yung pinaka-worst pa-fall na, na pwede mo makita ang sarili mo na ma-fall ka sa disinformation. Ano yung pwede nilang gawin or parang factors that have to keep in mind para ma-evade yung ganitong kasi ng pa-fall. Okay, so mahirap yan, no? Kasi syempre lahat tayo may kanya-kanyang sariling um, biases and um, it's 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 a tall ask to um, expect, I mean, to like let go of the, these biases. But ang importante is tingnan mo muna yung um, konteksto ng lahat ng nahihita mo online. So you have to have Parang you need to stop before um, sharing something and verify first kung ano ba talaga to. So, ang um, andali mag-share ng photo or video that falls in line with um, what you what what your worldview is or what your beliefs are. But it's important to check if this shows the whole picture. So, some basic questions that you can ask yourself is kailan ba to kinuha na picture or parang um saan itong lugar talaga um tugma ba ito sa sinasabi sa caption, um, sino nagsabi nitong information, pagkakatiwalaan ba sila, at corroborated ba to. So, you need to look into, ayun nga, the whole picture, and don't just take um, someone's word for it na totoo to. So, you need to verify talaga and um, corroborate kung tama ba itong sinasabi ng, ng post na to. And um, sinabi rin kanina ni Pauline, right, na mas marami nang nagpa-fact-check on their own, and we're very happy about that na may parang mas marami ng tools at um um at everyone's disposal maging journalist kuman o hindi because um fact checking isn't just um a job of news organizations this is a responsibility of everyone who's um who uses social, social media para may para may magkaroon tayo ng shared reality somehow na we have the same I, we ayun like facts are facts and we need to establish and keep repeating those facts. So ayun lang, <laughs> stop and think or parang verify before you share something and before you believe it. Parang ano rin, no? I would love then before you, before ka ma-fall siya, pinapakita sa'yo ng partner mo, stop, reflect, and think, and verify, sabi mo mga kanina. So, okay ka lang ba, Jude? <laughs> sorry, nakakarinig ko, naka, ko na all too well pa uwi ng bahay kanina. Pero yun nga, no, like, uh, kung gaano tayo ka ka-discernment process natin pag nag-iisip kung anong kakainin natin, kung anong sa mga inistan natin mga K-pop groups, dapat ganoon din tayo sa mga nakita natin ng social media, particularly sa mga related to the politics. No? So, now that we near May 9, less than two weeks na lang, I think the, uh, ilang days na lang, 10 days or uh, 12 days bago ang election on May 9. Yeah. Uh, for my last question, Rian Pauline, ano yun dapat abangan o dapat pa tayong mag-brace 
particularly when it comes to election, uh, to the disinformation before the elections. So let's start with Pauline. Okay. So I think um, for sure, maraming lalabas from it from whichever side ng claims of cheating, right? Especially kung natatalo yung candidate natin. The best thing to do when you see these, tama yung sinabi ni Rhi, is to not amplify them unless you have hard evidence to either prove it or debunk it. Um, otherwise, just don't share it because it will just cause harm. Another is that attacks could also ramp up. So, kagaya nga sinabi namin kanina, either online or offline, that could happen. So, we should also be ready for those mentally, emotionally, physically even. <laughs> um, we should brace for that. Ayan. Pauline? Ay, I mean, sorry, Lee. <laughs> so, um, to add to that, actually ngayon, may nakikita na talaga kaming mga uh, ganong classing claims and we're debunking them also. So, claims on um, that could lead to voter interference and yung mga fake reports of results. So, lalo na nung nag-start na yung overseas voting, may mga lumalabas na um, dubious claims about results, kunwari, or mga exit polls. So we've also published a few fact checks on those. Um, we also want to look out for claims that will cast doubt on the election process, as Pauline mentioned. Um, yung mga hacking, ganun, we always have to stop and verify. Um, may instance na nito a few months ago na um, parang may hacking claims na um, nilabas, and we had to verify first and parang dubious naman na. Um, so, apart from that, um, we need to also remember that local races are also happening. So, if may makita kayo in your um, in your localities na baka mga dubious or false claims, you have to verify those also. And um, you can report to fact-checking organizations kung gusto nyo ma-verify ang isang piece of content. So, ayun. Yes. So, napakadami kong natutunan ngayong episode na to kung ano dapat yung bantayan natin papunta tayong eleksyon. At ano dapat gawin ng social media platforms tulad na Facebook at Twitter para ma-address yung lumalala or shall I say, malala ng sitwasyon sa Pilipinas na hatid ng disinformation na talaga namang obviously na nakikinabang ang isang kandidato at patuloy naman na tinitake advantage ng particular camps sa yung election. I won't name names, pero alam naman natin kung sino sila siguro, no? So, para sa ating viewers na gustong sumali sa discussion about election issues, pwede kayo sumali sa Facebook group na Rappler na PH Road. At dahil nga pinag-uusapan natin ang disinformation at fake news ng election, tulungan nyo rin kami na labanan ng mga ito. Tulungan nyo si Rina, pagod na pagod na mag-walk sa fake news. At si, si Paulina, pagod na pagod mag-analyze ng mga social media platforms dahil kay Zuckerberg. Uh, pwede, kayo sumali, pwede kayo sumali sa aming Facts First PH Facebook group kung saan makikita ang content na nilalabas ng Facts First PH Coalition upang ma-share nyo ito sa mga communities ninyo at lumawak pa ang pag-reach ng mga facts nito. Sabi nga nila, hindi tayo nag-uumpisa na mag-influence laban sa fake news sa labas ng ating mga bahay. Mag-uumpisa tayo sa bahay natin, sa mga friends natin, sa community natin, sa tindahan natin kung saan nasa naman. Andiyan ang mga marites. Doon na tayo magpahalat ng facts. So kung gusto naman na makipagtalakayan tungkol sa iba't ibang issue sa Pilipinas, not particularly in relation to the elections, sumali kayo sa Rappler Room. Makita nyo ang link sa Facebook comments na to. Makita nyo rin ang link sa lahat ng minention kong groups sa comment section ng post na to. Uh, abangan nyo na lang siya dyan. 
So, maraming salamat po din, Atri, for joining me today. Napaharami niyong nabigay ng mga insights at aawangan ko pa yung insights ninyo in the next week. And eventually, post-elections, I will ask you again, gaano kalaki ang role ng disinformation sa results, kung ano man ang results na mangyayari. Malalaman natin yan sa May 9 ng gabi or May 10 na madaling araw. Meron pa kayong gusto na i-plug ng mga endeavors nyo, endeavors nyo or wala na rin na. I'm giving you the space to plug. Hindi na ako nagpapag. Okay. So, um, sorry. I just wanted to say na um, nabanggit ko kanina na if you're having a hard time verifying something, you can always um, contact the organizations in the Facts First PH Coalition. So, Um, my page kami actually on how to uh, report to the Facts First PH co- um, organization. So, baka makita niyo rin sa comments. Um, so, you can email us or you can um, message us on Newsbreak Messenger and also on Viber. So, yeah, links below. <laughs> and I'm sure our viewers will talk to that, uh, to that messaging uh, avenue kasi for sure maram sila papansin ngayon. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapture and News Breaks sa Facebook pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rapture Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapture.com. Again, I am Jules Gavilan, and this is News Break Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash support Rappler. That's rplr.co slash support Rappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.